0: Now, please welcome Class
1: half Four. Okay. Ready when right. you are. All
2: right.
1: Hello, and welcome to our podcast episode. I hope you like the intro music uh, because I wrote it myself. Uh, my name is Jackson Hazelhorst. I'm okay
0: Caleb Foster.
2: And I'm Faith.
1: And we are class half full—a group that has never met in person, which is kind of crazy to think about. I mean, not only have we taken a class about leadership entirely online, but we've then collaborated with each other to create an entire podcast episode without ever actually seeing each other in person.
0: You know, Jackson, I think that's been one of the most unique things about the pandemic: is being able to see how quickly we can adapt and really create something extraordinary despite all the
2: obstacles. Without a doubt, though, one of the coolest things I've seen come out of quarantine has to be Mark Rober's Ninja Obstacle Course for Squirrels.
0: Yes. Hold up. What? A ninja obstacle course for squirrels? You got to elaborate.
2: So Mark Rober is a former NASA employee who runs a YouTube channel dedicated to extreme engineering builds. And during quarantine, he made an eight-part obstacle course to squirrel-proof his bird feeder. It's a really cool testament to the amazing things a person can do when they're passionate about something and that they, when they have the right tools and time to work towards it.
1: Faith, I've seen that video too, and I think it's awesome. And I think what you said right at the end there is exactly what makes that video so enjoyable. We can resonate with that idea that we all have something that we're passionate about and pursuing, and it's really exciting to see someone be successful in that endeavor.
2: However, as college students, we are certainly not disillusioned to the fact that not every person has an equal opportunity to pursue their passion. And as individuals, we are motivated to change that.
0: I guess that ties right into the topic of this episode. Today, we want to talk about what will we change to provide students with the tools they need to pursue their passion. Specifically, we will be tackling the problem of student debt, discussing how to improve limitations of healthcare, and talking about how to help students develop their strengths and leadership potential. First, we will talk about what tools we can use to overcome student debt.
2: Always loved the thought of living in a world where anything was possible. The TV shows I watched as well as the video games I played took my imagination to places I've never been. These things led me to create my own universe. And a couple years back, I began to write a novel that I hoped someday I could make into a movie. So I had a plan to fulfill my dream by getting a screenplay writing degree after I graduated high school. But once I looked into the price of film school, not to mention the price to live in California compared to Nebraska, my dream was put on hold. I still continue to write my novel in my free time, but I know it'll be a lot harder to get a foothold in the film industry without a degree in that category.
0: You know, Faith? It is sad to think that many students give up on their biggest dreams simply because of the price of tuition.
2: Yes, I totally agree with you, Michaela. And not only that, there is also the fact that some jobs within the film industry are so competitive that many students think, what's the point of even trying if I'm just gonna waste, waste my money? Did you know that according to the Student Debt Crisis's Twitter page, our world is $1.7 trillion in student debt as of August six, 2020?
1: Okay, as a math major, I just have to interject here to put that big number in comparison. So if you had 1.7 trillion one dollar bills, that would be enough to fill 511 Olympic sized swimming pools. So if you felt like Scrooge McDucking in student debt, you could do that in like 500 swimming pools, which I mean, that's a big number. And it's no surprise that Uh, It seems like young adults who want to go to college uh, have to dig themselves into a hole before they even set foot on campus.
2: Exactly right, Jackson. It does feel like we are digging ourselves into a hole that we can't crawl out of. So what do we do now? Do we stop trying to achieve our dreams? No. We push on by using our brains to our advantage. Now, it would be amazing if universities would reduce the amount of general education courses as well as fees, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So instead, I would like to provide a few tools that students can use to stay on top of their loans, all while being able to pursue their dreams. So the first thing I would suggest students to do is to apply for scholarships. Although this seems obvious, not many people do it because it's too much effort. But I promise you, all the effort is worth it once you receive that scholarship money. Most of the time, the scholarship applications require you to submit an essay about yourself. And who doesn't love to talk about themselves? A quick tip to writing a scholarship essay is to dig deep, be true to yourself, and pour your heart out onto that essay. You've got nothing left to lose.
1: And if I could interject again, um, just on the topic of scholarships, my dad um, gave a really great uh, piece of motivation for me when it came time for me to fill out scholarships, and that was to think about it like an hourly wage. If there's a $5,000 scholarship you're going out for, and you spend five hours writing the perfect essay for this scholarship, and you get it you just made $1,000 an hour writing an essay. Now I don't like writing essays, but hey, I think that's pretty good money.
2: Yes, most definitely, I agree with you on that one. So let's move on to the second thing I would suggest students to do, and that is to create a monthly budget for themselves. So with so many budgeting apps out there, managing your money is actually quite simple. An article published on a website called Nitro written by Jen Williams entitled 10 Best Debt Payoff Apps lists various different apps that can help you take care of your student loans. One of the apps included in this article is called Debt Payoff Assistant. This free app helps you track your loan payments as well as shows a debt payoff progress bar that motivates you to pay off your loans. When making a budget, always remember to give yourself just a little bit of fun money so that you can treat yourself at the end of each month. So in the end, there are many ways we can still achieve our goals as long as we make an effort to do so. Applying for scholarships and making a budget are tools students can use to tackle their debts and pursue their dreams.
1: Yeah, this problem of student debt is definitely a big one, but I think you've thrown out um, a couple ways really to make this easy and, and applicable to students as ways to fight this. And so, Faith, I'm just curious, what has... Um, any of this done for you? Are there tools that you're using that you've mentioned that have helped you kind of think through this uh, problem of student debt?
2: Um, so yeah, I, my dad is actually in the military, which is extremely, like, extremely nice because I get two free years of college as his dependent, which means that I haven't taken out any loans. Um, but I do use a, a budget because I love to keep track of every dollar that comes out of my account. I use what is called a zero-dollar budget, in which each of my categories, such as food, groceries, etc., is assigned into a specific dollar amount. That way, I know where my money is going each month. And again, I would like to remind you guys: it's always important to treat yourself and put some money aside for yourself.
1: Never a problem with treating yourself. Hey,
0: you just brought up a lot of great points. One that truly struck out to me was the great battle between death and dreams. It saddens me that myself and many other students find themselves in this situation. But it's not debt for pursuing higher learning, it's medical debt. The Saturday before finals league of spring 2020, I was involved in a car accident. The at driver was 15 and got confused on the gas and the brake. Her innocent mistake turned into a costly nightmare for me since I do not have health coverage. There are many students who find themselves in similar situations. The Center for Rural Affairs published an article that highlights the healthcare coverage shortcomings right here in Nebraska. Based on data from 2017, about 141,000 Nebraskans are without health insurance. 97,000 of those, 141,000 Nebraskans are employed. Wow, that's a huge number, Michaela. Yes, Faith. And what's sad is the number continues to rise, even with the necessary health exp- care expansions put in place by the Affordable Care Act. In 2016, the number of uninsured Americans was at an all time low of 26.7 million. Keep in mind in 2010, that number was near 45 million. Wow. That number has increased to, back to 27.9 million in 2019. So just from a three year jump that's from 26.7 million to 27.9 million. Nowhere near the 45 million from 2010, but we're still on the rise.
1: Isn't healthcare like a, I feel like it's an adult topic though. Like when you're in college, you're invincible, you're untouchable. Like what does this healthcare coverage problem have to do with college students?
0: Honestly, Jackson, that's also a good point because before my car accident, I thought I was invincible as well. But Nationally, people between the ages of 18 and 24 are the most underinsured population when it pertains to health care coverage. I know, right? It's crazy. Most traditional college students fall within that age range. Fortunately, some students may have the option to be put on their, on their parents' insurance policy. This is a great thing for those, but after 26, you age off that policy anyway. One of the biggest contributing factors includes includes the lack of full-time employment for college students which usually offers some form of health care benefits. Since we are working towards our career goals a lot of us work part-time jobs to fit around our demanding college schedules. These part-time wages make it hard to find affordable health care. UNO even offers a student health care plan for undergraduate and graduate students who meet a certain criteria but for one fall semester the cost is over two thousand dollars. With an ever growing pandemic, we are in a dire need for health care cu- coverage for citizens, but especially for people ages 18 to 24. It is heartbreaking to know that the lack of health care coverage can stand between a college student and their goals and dreams.
1: Michaela, you've mentioned a lot of numbers, and they're certainly not telling a happy story in, in this topic of health care coverage. And since you're in the position right now of of facing medical debt, I'm just curious. What has helped you begin to tackle this really serious challenge?
0: Great question, Jackson. Well, we all know the limitations of healthcare is no simple fix. There are a few ways that I have learned to overcome the burden of lack of healthcare coverage. While UNO student health insurance is pretty pricey, there are a few low cost options right here on campus. Inside of the health and kinesiology building, there's a UNO health center and it's ran and sponsored by Nebraska Medicine. They offer free and low cost healthcare options. And sometimes just for being a student, it's free. They also offer free and low cost lab uh, placements and lab tests. So like if you need any diagnostic work done, all it could be covered for free or really low cost. Like I've had one done, I've had an x-ray done and it was $20. Compared to going to, you, um, to, go to Nebraska Medicine or Methodist or wherever where it could be upwards of hundreds of dollars. Mm. So this was one that really um, helped me and I swear it's
1: every UNL student should take advantage of it. Thanks Michaela for sharing the healthcare aspect of this topic of providing students with the tools they need to pursue their passions. Your story is a crazy one, um, but I think you've left us with some really good points to think about. So now we've touched on two different topics, healthcare and student debt. And we've discussed how each affects a student's ability to pursue their passions. Both of these topics are fairly obvious roadblocks when it comes to a student's success. But I think this last one might catch some people by surprise. And it's a topic that I've been passionate about for a long time. And so I'm excited to lead this last third of our podcast by discussing how we can help students pursue their passions by helping them develop two things, their strengths and their leadership potential and so starting off with strengths um as kind of an introduction i want to ask you guys a question actually um what would you say are your strengths faith do you have an answer to that
2: um yeah i think the, the only two that i can think of right now that come to mind immediately would be my listening skills and my organization skills
0: Okay. Um, I have to agree with you on organization. I think that's one of my biggest leadership, leadership, I think one of my biggest strengths. Um, and I also think the strength of in being inclusive and like not leaving anybody out just trying to make the group feel like one instead of everybody else doing their own thing.
1: As someone who is disorganized, I have definitely appreciated being in a group where you guys are very organized. So <laughs> I can attest to both of those for you. Um, and I ask you guys this question within the pretty relaxed environment of a podcast, but I was actually asked this question during an interview for an internship just this past spring. Uh, however, when I did that, I had a tool in my back pocket that had prepared me for this very question, and that tool was the Clifton Strengths Finder test. Have either of you guys heard of the Clifton Strengths Finder test?
2: Uh, no, I haven't. Please go ahead and tell us
0: and fill us in on that one. Yeah,
1: Mikina, yeah. have you heard of it at all?
0: Yes, I used it my sophomore year, but I don't really remember too much from it.
1: Do you, do you remember any of the strings they gave you?
0: Ooh, I know. I think it was Includer or Inclusify. Uh, includer was one. uh My fifth one was Woo. I always remember that one. Um, That's rem- a, one.
1: It's a funny sound. But- <laughs>
0: <though>. <laughs> and my third one was Relator, and then I don't remember that
1: one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Faith, the Clifton Strengths Finder test um, has a, a portfolio of 35 different strengths. And so, you take this assessment, um, and through it, it assigns you your top five strengths. Uh, I also don't remember all of my top five, but I know that I had futuristic, achiever, believer, and maybe something about competitiveness. Um, but um, I actually got the Clifton. Clifton StrengthsFinder, excuse me, Clifton StrengthsFinder test um, as a graduation gift. And I've found it super useful um, knowing these top five strengths and just kind of a description behind them has been useful for me as as I've gone through leadership classes, as I've done group work, and of course, that interview question that I mentioned. I mean, my answer was literally, hey, I've taken this (laughs) Clifton... Clifton finder test. And I can tell you that my strengths are I'm, I'm an achiever and someone that likes to get things done, but I'm also futuristic. And I like to think about the future and think things through imaginatively. Um, and so that's what that tool looks like for me. Um, but don't just take my word for it. There are schools in the Omaha area that are beginning to take advantage of this tool as well. In an Omaha World Herald article written just last year, writer Joe Deka detailed Mercy High School's new plan to provide more opportunities for leadership development and career exploration. And the tool that's leading this charge is the Clifton StrengthsFinder test. The article also pointed out that Mercy is just one of numerous local schools taking advantage of this, mentioning other locations including Westside Community Schools and Millard and Elkhorn Public Schools. As someone who has experienced the advantages of using this tool firsthand, I personally am excited to see local high schools step up and embrace this aspect of helping students pursue their passions. And I feel like UNO could come along and help in this process. One tangible solution would be to have all incoming freshmen take the assessment. This information could then be shared with different individuals. Maybe a student's results are shared with their advisor, which could help them to better understand the student's motives and career paths. A teacher that understands their student's strengths could form groups that are actually set up to work well together and not just leave it to chance. It could even become a conversation starter between fellow classmates to find areas of commonality and get connected with people who work well together. Does this idea resonate with either of you guys? Do you think if you had taken this back when you first entered college, you could have found a benefit from it?
2: Yeah, I think that if I was able to take this test, I would be able to be knowledgeable of the strengths I had and like what my personality was like and it would help me organize my thoughts and um, what I would like to
0: do in college.
1: Yeah, uh, Michaela, I, I guess you've taken it already. So maybe you have a slight advantage here, but.
0: Yes, yes. But I still think it's a really good tool, um, especially for freshness, because you get a chance to like, like you feel like you know your strengths. But when you actually take the test, it's like, oh, you yeah, like I didn't even know that was me. But when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that is me. Because at first I didn't really think I was woo because, you know, it's just like I was really um, just like within myself and not just didn't want to be social at all. But then I was like, you know, if you have that personality, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't really matter if you're like, you know, within yourself or within a group, you just bring that (laughs)
1: woo. Yeah. Yeah. I think that highlights one of the best parts about that test is it just gives you a way to talk about yourself in a way that's not necessarily formal, but it's rational. Like if I'm in an interview and I said, well, I like to daydream, like that's not anything anything super applicable but if I say yeah one of my strengths is that I'm futuristic and I like to think about the future and the possibilities that exist and and suddenly I am more hireable I have a better it's just it sounds nicer and I like that. So now that we've discussed a way to help students understand their strengths, I want to turn to a different but just as vital area of personal growth, and that is leadership. My dad teaches leadership classes at Pepelling the Vista South High School, and this podcast is actually the result of my enrollment in my second leadership class of my freshman year. And so leadership is something that I have put a lot of thought into, both willingly and unwillingly. Uh, But this experience means I also know that there are a lot of ways to define leadership. And so, again, I want to start us off with a question. How would you guys define leadership? Michaela? I would say leadership is
0: having the ability
1: to... to, You can't say having the ability to lead. That's true. I know. I
0: was like, hold on. I think it's like having the ability to kind of like organize and be able to execute things effectively without having to be like a tyrant or a dictator to get things
1: done. Mm, I like that. Faith, what about you?
2: Yeah, I agree that leadership isn't just about barking orders and being called the captain of a team. It's about encouraging your people that you're leading
1: Yeah, I really like those definitions you guys gave Um, and I would like to offer two of my own. So in my studies and readings, I've come across a ton of perspectives on leadership, Um, but I do want to talk about two specifically, and those are title-based leadership and process-based leadership. And so to define those real quick, title-based leadership is the perspective that an individual's capability to lead stems from their position within an organization. Process-based leadership, however, measures influence not by an individual's position, but by the progression of their experiences. And I feel like both of you guys kind of touched on different elements of these. I mean, Faith, you specifically said leadership isn't necessarily about being the captain of a team. So now that I've given you guys these two definitions, is there one that you agree with more? Um, Or what are your thoughts on title or process-based leadership?
0: I think there should be um, definitely like a collaboration of both. Like it shouldn't be just one or the other. I think there should be um, like kind of like intertwined within each
1: other. I like that. Faith?
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, So given from my first example, um, I relate more to the process-based leadership. I like that a lot better than title-based. I think title-based is good as long as like the person in charge doesn't completely become like a tyrant or a dictator like Kayla said beforehand.
1: Yeah, I think we've all had those experiences where somebody lets a position get to their head a little bit too much, and then they kind of stop becoming an an, an effective leader, at least. They're still a leader in name, but they've kind of stopped doing the job of a leader. Um, And so just to talk about title-based leadership a little bit, I feel like that's the perspective a majority of people hold, even if they don't, put it into words that way. I mean, if you think about the leadership opportunities available at the high school and even college level, I mean, just listing them off, you've got section leaders or council members or team captains on and on. Our society has structured us to correlate an individual's title to their influence. And I think that correlation has been to our detriment. Uh, I agree that there is an importance to both title-based leadership and process-based leadership. I mean, if you took a multi-million dollar company and then just like knocked out the power structure, probably not going to end well. But I think there are some benefits to process-based leadership um, and maybe just a freedom that comes with that shift in a mindset from not having to focus about where am I at in an organization, but where am I at personally and how have I developed? Um, However, I think that shift requires a lot of maturity, especially since our culture has structured us to make us chase those big titles. Um, But I think college campuses like UNO might actually be in the best position to lead this shift in mindset. Leadership classes and student success programs are excellent leadership development tools that already exist here at UNO. But I think more could be done. Connecting students to leadership mentors I think could be the next change. Having a role model and a friendly face that can help a student really think through their leadership experiences could be incredibly valuable and not just for their own personal growth. Having a mentor that can ask really probing questions about a recent opportunity like an internship or a sports season can help that student to realize what exactly they've learned and gained from that experience. This deeper understanding not only helps them to grow as a leader and a person, but could also breathe life into a resume, an application, or a job interview. Ultimately, the better a student can understand their strengths and the leader they can be, the more equipped they will be to pursue their passions.
2: I think I would agree with taking a test as a tool for students to pursue their passions, but Jackson, I think you've really made a strong case for it. And we've made the case for multiple other changes as well, including using debt management apps, taking advantage of local, low-cost health insurance options, and connecting students with leadership mentors right here on campus.
0: We've definitely covered a lot, so it probably wouldn't hurt to conclude with summarizing everything we've discussed here today. We started with our overarching goal how we can provide students with tools with the tools they need in order to pursue their passion
2: we first discussed the growing problem of student debt and gave a few simple suggestions that can help students avoid debt from the from the beginning as well as help them manage it when it comes up
0: then we transitioned to the lack of health care coverage and I shared how it has personally affected me as well as some options I found that helped me fight this problem
1: Finally, we talked about how developing a student's strengths and understanding of leadership is an overlooked but vital component of their success, and how a few simple changes right here on campus could pave the way for more passionate and accomplished students.
2: Ultimately though, whether you're just a freshman stepping on campus for the first time, or someone who's worked in the same industry for 20 years, we hope you found something in this episode that inspires
0: you to pursue your passions. Couldn't have said it better myself now are we just about done with this episode because apparently there's a certain youtube video involving squirrels that i need to go watch now
1: <laughs> you definitely need to watch that video so i think that about wraps it up xander cue the outro music The podcast episode was produced as a final project by Michaela Foster, Jackson Hazelhorse, and Faith Perone. They would like to thank Mr. Thompson for his support and feedback throughout the class. And of course, they would like to thank this week's sponsor, Salmonella's Chicken Stop. Salmonella's Chicken Stop is our local place for wings and freaks. With perennial specials and a 17-minute happy hour, there's always a reason to stop by. Salmonella's Chicken Stop. Our chicken
0: isn't just rad, it's sick.